Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is brought to you by the Loyalty and Awards Conference, the leading annual event for loyalty professionals in the travel industry. Make sure to join us this year from the 9th to the 11th of October in Rio de Janeiro for the perfect mix of inspiring content and exciting awards. Check out loyaltyandawards.com for more information and to register. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Loyalty featuring our friends from the Loyalty and Awards Conference, which is the largest annual conference dedicated to loyalty managers in the travel sector. Ahead of this year's event in Rio de Janeiro, I'm joined by Ravindra Bhagwanani, who shares his view on the state of the loyalty industry in 2023 and some of the key challenges he sees for all of you listening as loyalty practitioners, particularly in the travel sector. These trends, of course, are also helping to shape the content and agenda for our two and a half days together in Brazil this October. So today, you'll hear which are my favorite topics that I'm looking forward to hearing presented on stage this year. We also discussed the Golden Loyalty Awards, and I really hope that all of you running programs in the travel sector will make sure to enter these this year. I hope you enjoy the insights and inspiration on travel loyalty and the upcoming Loyalty and Awards Conference with Ravindra Bhagunani, Managing Director of Global Flight. So, Ravindra Bhagwanani, welcome back to Let's Talk Loyalty. Yes, hi. Good, good to see you. Good to, good to be back, Paula. Thank you. Great, great. Very exciting times, Ravindra. We were just comparing notes offline. There's so much going on in loyalty, particularly in the travel industry, uh, which is, I know, something you've dedicated your career to for, I think, nearly 30 years now. So, super exciting. We're here to talk about uh, your flagship event, which is coming up now in Rio de Janeiro later this year in October. But before we get into talking all about airline loyalty trends and your event, especially the award side, as you know, I always love to ask my guests really just to kick us off. What is your current favorite loyalty program, Ravindra? Oh, that's uh, that's uh, yeah, my favorite question. I mean, uh, the question which is actually getting harder and harder to to reply to each year because um, because if you look at the industry today, we are in a kind of a difficult situation. And and yes, I mean, honestly, um, I'm playing the loyalty game, so I'm loyal to to some of my favorite programs uh, throughout uh, throughout time, and I'm not changing this each year. But uh, but honestly, if you look at the value proposition, some of the programs offering with devaluations and stuff like that, it's getting more and more difficult 
difficult to stick to these programs actually. And yeah. um, and I'm saying that really as an as as, as frequent traveler, so not a, not as an industry observer. Yeah. And and yes, I mean I still stick to my former programs which I'm having, uh, which are in Starlines, Turkish Airlines, uh, on the hospitality side. Uh, it works well for me with uh, with the Aqua All program, mm. but uh, but this is for the for for very uh, personal reasons actually. Mm. But but I see that um, that programs in general they may really not do enough to cater for their for their best customers and really to try to uh, to make sure that they stick to them. Yeah, a bit worrying to hear that, Ravindra. Given that you know we're an industry of people who I think are very dedicated to, you know, demonstrating loyalty to our members. You know, which I do think is a is a shift from maybe in the past when we first started in loyalty, it was all about earning loyalty from them. So I definitely feel that's a shift. Is that something that you're concerned about? Yes, yes, it is. And, and I think, you know, the, the difficulty we're having in this industry is that we obviously we're having the, the programs doing well, more or less a correct job uh, in uh, in most cases. But then we are in the people business. So you should not forget what happens in the loyalty program department is one thing, but then you have to de- delivery side. And um, and whether it's uh, uh, airline or hospitality, that's, I think, where a lot of people, they they fail. And, and after COVID, I mean, you have so many issues in the industry, which are still going on. Yeah. And uh, starting with the motivation actually of staff and you just realize that uh, if you go out for travel if you go out to travel it is not the same experience anymore than you had up to t- uh, 2019 you have you have, yeah i realized personally a lot of lack of motivation with a lot of people working frontline with customers and all this you know from customer experience this adds to the experience you have as a loyalty program member and this makes things very very difficult for programs as well to mm. counteract against that because obviously as, as a loyalty program director you are not responsible for some receptionist at as at a hotel, which yeah. may turn any any experience into something less pleasant than what you would expecting. Yeah, and that's a point actually that I often do love to think about, Ravindra. And it's I suppose the 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 potential for loyalty professionals to elevate themselves into that role of CX professionals. So, just as somebody in the industry, well, I would love your thoughts on that. No, no, I, I fully agree. But I mean, we've been talking about that, I think, for even pre-COVID. We've, we've been talking about that for, for quite some time, you know, custom experience, et cetera. And yeah. I just realized that it is still something which is often not on the radar of, uh, of loyalty professionals. Yeah. They, um, especially in the travel industry, because, uh, because you know, the, the, the currency business is so important that people are focusing on that. And especially in big companies, you yeah. have some custom experience department, but they yeah. see themselves somewhere else. They really see it themselves on the product side and all that which yeah. is obviously very important but they don't really relate that to a wider loyalty CRM strategy and I think as soon as you as you differentiate as you separate loyalty and CRM CRM slash customer experience you start to have a problem because you need to have that, uh, that bigger vision and yeah. um, so we work with some smaller carriers as well with some smaller companies where actually things come closer together and, mm. I see, uh, and it's just much easier for smaller companies to to make this work and uh, and really to give customers the experience um, a positive experience, mm. which is supported by a loyalty program. Yeah. Uh, but at bigger companies, it is just very very difficult. They want to go there, yeah. uh, but uh, but well, I, I think they're still very far away from really getting there. To be honest. 
Totally. Yeah. Plenty of work to keep us busy. Um, so thank you anyway for mentioning certainly all from a core. We've obviously done a recent podcast uh, with the guys there. So that was amazing. Um, of course, Star Alliance has been on the show as well. We haven't yet talked with Turkish Airlines. So given that it's one of your favorites, I'm going to put it on our, our wish list for, for brands to talk about uh, and talk to, I suppose, in terms of their thinking on loyalty. So let's get into, I suppose, first of all, maybe a quick look back, Ravindra, um, from the perspective of what would you say has changed for particularly airline and hotel loyalty marketing professionals, given that we've been through this very, um, very transformational time, very destructive for so many businesses. Uh, you know, there is a recovery, uh, but I feel it is a different world for loyalty professionals. How do you feel that the, the industry professionals are thinking about their programs now that we're in 2023 versus, you know, even last year when we talked in 2022? Yeah, correct. No, no. I mean, I, I think compared to last year, the, the good thing is now we are really in recovery. So nobody talks about COVID anymore and uh, and things like that. So there Thank are no God. restrictions anymore. We yeah. can travel freely and, and all that. And that's good news. And the second good news is that travel has come back very, very strongly, uh, much stronger than, than a lot of people uh, had expected. So yeah. uh, flights are full, hotels are full and all that. So that's obviously great news for the industry. Mm. Uh, however, uh, it's great news for the industry, but not necessarily for loyalty marketers. So what, what, what is happening? We were told as customers um, over all these years, well, um, we work on uh, we work on uh, keeping the value of your currency. So we post expiries, uh, we encourage the use of credit cards and, uh, and all that. So we were told as customers, stick to us. Uh, it, the game is still on. And, and a lot of customers, they did that actually. I mean, they were not traveling anymore, but uh, well, they were happy to, to have their stages extended, to have the points um, extended. So there was no very at that level. Now we are coming back to normal level. So we, we're having the problems with, with, with status renewal. They're having the problem that points are starting to expire again. So we mm. need to use them. And we see it becomes more, more difficult actually to use uh, to use these points. And what are, what are programs doing? I mean, if flights are full, if hotels are full, it's very difficult to, to, to redeem points. So there are two options. Either we are revenue-based on the redemption side. So mm. we're having an automatic devaluation because the, all, all the prices have gone up. So yeah. a ticket uh, which, which used to cost a hotel night, which cost to, used to cost $200, it's now $300. So if you're revenue-based on the redemption side, it means automatically you have to spend 50% more points. Mm. On, the, on, on, the, on the airline side, often we are still, we are obviously not, uh, still not linked to the, um, uh, to the revenue one-to-one -one on the redemption side. So we mm. still have some kind of award pricing, which is revenue related, but, but not directly related. Mm. And uh, so if you look at the big uh, US programs with their dynamic pricing, which is not transparent anymore, you, you just realize prices and award prices that keep on going up as well. If you have a traditional fixed award table, um, you uh, well, you see more more uh, straightforward, uh, just uh, uh, increase of, uh, of award tables, of award prices. So just uh, literally this morning, um, I read two news. I mean, uh, United, which, which has a dynamic award, pricing, which kept on, uh, which just increased again, the war price on transatlantic flights, which mm. is not really transferred to customers because they don't publish it anymore until the time they book. But uh, people remember not so long time ago, uh, you 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 had one uh, you had a return economy class flight for fifty thousand miles transatlantic business class uh, eighty thousand miles. If you look at the prices now, <clears throat> this is basically the price you get for a one-way flight. Wow! And, and I mean, people they remember that, and yeah. so. 
more more difficult uh, for them to get uh, to to get engaged. And then obviously you have extreme cases. I mean, this is uh, for different reasons. I mean, Aeroflot they they literally they increase their war price by three hundred percent, and that's well that, that's a different uh, political uh, situation, of course. But it, it all this just uh, helps, uh, or well, let's say it, it helps. Uh, it works not towards increasing the the trust of people in the um, in the industry. So yeah. even if I'm not United member, even if I'm not an Aeroflot member, if I see such news, I wonder who's next. When is my program doing something like that? And yeah. it is not really, it is not really engaging, uh, keeping, uh, motivating members to to engage uh, to engage more in these programs. Mm. So what I'm hearing, if I, if I'm understanding you correctly, Ravindra, is that the industry is really facing a credibility challenge with consumers and they're probably only beginning maybe subconsciously to become aware of the devaluations and I do think that that's not just airlines we've seen it in retail again particularly in the U.S. market so I definitely think we need to be aware of that and as I think about the audience of people listening here it's almost like we're a victim of our own success absolutely Absolutely, yeah. I, I think this is just the, the term I wanted to use, and 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 I think um, we need to understand when we are in the loyalty game, it's not a one-way street. So yeah. yes, it's investment. Uh, it, there is a cost to that, and if we don't manage uh, to get value out of what we're doing, well, then we then we have uh, then we have a real problem. And I think um, and I think a lot of loyalty programs, and talking about the travel industry, because I'm not not so much into retail, but yeah. a lot of loyalty programs they. Until now, they 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 were successful. Uh, well, automatically they didn't do uh, they didn't do so much about that. Mm. And now we are in a situation. Flights are full, so all of a sudden, you know, top management comes. Well, why do I need to have some award seats? Why do I need to give some uh, free seats to somebody? My flights are full anyway, so you yeah. need to justify what you're doing, and that's where a lot of programs they struggle. They they don't really have the measurement in place uh, to to demonstrate what they're doing, and and very often. Uh, even if they have the measurement in place, they realize we may not produce that that real value which we were expecting to produce, yeah. um, because now while well, everything is driven by other things, by by very strong demand, it, it's not honestly it's not driven by loyalty. So we're not talking about uh, the, the the current concern is not about uh, market shares and stuff like that. The current concern is how can I maximize my revenue, mm. and um, and the loyalty programs they don't play a very strong role in that. To be honest, it is mm. just because demand is bigger than uh, um, uh, it, it, the offer is, uh, is smaller than the demand. And and that that drives prices up and it reduces the necessity to really have a loyalty program strategy behind, which usually on the paper should work to, uh, towards increasing the revenue. So yes, we have, we have a very strong problem, which has never been so clear into, into the industry as it is now, uh, mm. because, um, because while times were just easier for loyalty markets in the past. Yeah, and I don't think they ever felt easy. <laughs> but, exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. So what would you advise our listeners, for example, to be thinking about Ravindra, given that they're under this pressure to prove the ROI, the incrementality, to deliver the the, the customer love, if I use a very a very yeah. soft word that, that isn't always welcome in the C-suite, but one I believe yeah, of course. in. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's obviously a wild term which is uh, which has been very much used by Southwest Airlines, and I think that's one of the carriers, uh, one of the carriers yeah. and programs which is still proving that that they can do things right. But yeah. I think you know you need to come back to the basics. What is a loyalty program? Why am I doing loyalty program? And such a simple question. Um, a lot of people, I think, they even don't ask that question uh, themselves anymore. They 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 look at their they, they look at their PNL sheet, which which still looks positive because they get all the revenues from credit cards and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but they don't really they don't really question themselves. What am I doing here? Mm. Uh, and I think the main reason for a loyalty program it, it is very conservative, but it hasn't changed over the over the past forty years. Actually, the main the the, the main reason is still to increase revenue for the company and 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 the revenue through ticket sales to hotel sales uh, etc and not through any uh, through any ancillary revenue any anything like that so it's a very traditional very traditional role and mm. now you can say in the current time um in 23 with, uh, with that strong demand there might be actually indeed less need for loyalty, but this is not going to last uh, forever either. So use this kind of downtime now, downtime where you don't need it from loyalty perspective mm. to prepare for 24, 25, when we are getting to more normal market conditions again, because mm. all this pent up demand will be done. Everybody will have visited uh, the family, which they haven't visited over the last three uh, years. Yeah. And at 24, 25, we're getting back to more normal conditions. We will have new players come in the market and we will be in a more competitive situ situation again so yeah. use this time now really to get back to the roots and say hey how am i creating loyalty and yeah. it's definitely not uh, through devaluation and then uh, taking uh, the trust of your customers uh, and all that it yeah. is a positive customer experience that's yeah. where it starts with supported by the loyalty program it's very basic but sometimes yeah. i think it's necessary to remind it uh, and to recall the basics yeah. um, if you're in this uh, if you're in this business for sure. And the reason I do this show, Ravindra, is that I get all of the ammunition that I wish I had had when I was facing tough internal discussions. So I absolutely love your thinking around there is a particular issue with what I've heard referred to as revenge travel, <laughs> which is actually quite an aggressive word. But you're absolutely right. You know, there was so many restrictions and people are literally catching up. You know, so at the moment, there is an issue in terms of what loyalty program managers can do in the airline and hotel uh, industry. But when they are challenged internally, essentially, yes, we need to be saying, let's take this time and make sure that we're ready, as you said, for 2024, 2025 and all of the new propositions, because there's so many exciting things happening in the industry. And I think that's exactly why you do your conference, for example, the loyalty and awards event, which is taking place this year in October. So tell us a bit about what you have planned, Ravindra. Yes, yes. Uh, well, thank you for the transition. I think that's exactly the, um, the overall uh, objective of this conference. So Loyalty in Awards, it is um, it is a global event uh, where we're gathering uh, the, the, the key the key industry players once a year. Um, and, and I think it's very important, first of all, for the industry to get together in a non-competitive environment and yeah. just to talk to each other. I mean, that is something we've been running this event for, for, for 18 years now. And that is something which we've been uh, managing 
challenging to do actually for 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 18 years competitors to talk to each other so, so we, have, we have no enemies there we really have for for two and a half days we yeah. have only friends there because at the end of the day um as i said in the first part i mean we, we're all sharing the same issues yeah. and um and you know it's not a against b it is um a against b is when you go back to the office of course then again uh, with, with promotion and stuff like that you're trying to steal customers from each other but the the, the event it's really about understanding the underlying issues which we all share which we all have whether we are big whether we are small yeah. it, it doesn't matter to a certain extent uh, you know united airlines they have the same issues as a, as a small carrier as a small regional carrier and 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 vice versa yeah. and and we want to be um and and i think we managed to, to be that we really want to be that platform of exchange so exchange on the agenda it starts with the agenda, with the agenda. so yeah. Unlike other events, we don't put any suppliers on the agenda. We really put only loyalty program operates on the agenda, uh, which is always a very tough discussion with suppliers. But at the end of the day, they, they understand the value of that. Because yeah. people, they are not, not interested in, in, in hearing any sales pitches. They are interested in hearing firsthand what are other guys doing, what are other guys are facing. Yeah. And, um, and and based on that, well, we we encourage discussions, uh, well, in the plenary during the, during the sessions, of course, but also... Also during the the networking times, uh, we have ample of networking times at the event, which are really created for that specific purpose that everybody talks with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, from when I first attended, which, as you know, was the Dubai event uh, in 2021, as well as the quality of the brands that were speaking, Ravindra, it was that wonderful sense of connection with community that really I felt. And you're absolutely right. Like, I think some conferences you go to, it's absolutely manic and you end up running around from here to there to try and attend everything. And I've certainly been guilty of that in the past, but I really find that your event does have that time where I can sit and do that conversation that I didn't even know I needed to have. Because I've always felt, again, as a a content creator, we don't know what we don't know. And it's only when somebody's either on stage or around a dinner table that's sharing an insight that you can suddenly go, there's something I can action for my loyalty program. Exactly. And, and I think it's important, you know, that you have an event, uh, we, we lasted two and a half days. And uh, and a lot of people actually, they, they're staying a bit before and staying a bit afterwards, especially if you obviously go to such nice destinations like, uh, like Rio de Janeiro, we're straight yeah. on the Copacabana. So I really <laughs> encourage everybody to uh, to extend the stay a little bit. And, and I, I think even I, as, as a workaholic, I, for the first time, I, I, I plan to extend my stay. So, yeah. um, but, um, but even the two and a half days, I think it's important for such an event that you not only one day, uh, where, as you say, um, well, even if it's a small event, um, you don't manage in one day to catch up with everybody. Yeah. And um, we are a mid-sized event, so we are around 150 people. Yeah. And I think that's the perfect size as well for for two and a half days, really mm. to have the time uh, to to talk to everybody. And um, because, you know, you can only le- learn from that. And and we, we are trying to get different perspectives. So this year specifically, we are for the first time in South America. Yeah. So South America, again, it is not necessarily the first uh, the first place you would consider for an international, for an international, for a global event. Yeah. Why did we do it? Uh, well, for a very simple reason, because uh, we, we have a certain maturity with events. So we can certainly... Uh, 
uh, afford as well to go to some pleasure destination. Um, I don't like this term, but basically, I mean, we, <laughs> it, it, yeah. is really, it is really that. So the it's trip for, for, yeah. for, for many, it might be more uh, more difficult. We, we fully recognize that. Yeah. But um, but first of all, there's a value in destination. But secondly, I think from a business pers- pers- perspective, more importantly, Brazil in, in particular, but South America in general, but Brazil in particular, it is one of the most fascinating loyalty markets. There are a lot of things going on there and people are not aware of that. Yeah. And people are very much focused on, well, on the classical markets like, like US or Europe or maybe Australia in terms of loyalty. These markets are all great, but honestly... Yeah. They are not necessarily, I mean, talk about the US. Are they innovative in terms of loyalty marketing? Uh, certainly not in the travel industry. In other industries, maybe a bit, bit, bit more, but not in the not necessarily mm. in the in, in the in the travel industry. They are important, of course, because the biggest programs are there yeah. and they're doing a good job. But if it comes to innovation, um, we talk about rewards later on. Uh, but you know, it just as as an indication, we have very rarely US programs uh, winning in these awards in these innovation awards. And this just shows that the fact that innovation takes place in other parts of the world these days. Yeah. And um, and South America and Brazil, it's certainly one of these markets. And we, so we are a global event, but we really encourage anybody from all over the world just yeah. to listen also to the local speakers, which we which, which we never have featured before from mm-hmm. uh, from from uh, retail programs, from airline programs, uh, from from local players to understand what are the issues we are facing in South America and how can how can this help in other markets because they are further in terms of loyalty uh, mm. practices than many other markets. So. I can just promise you very interesting uh, content on the agenda and networking with people which you may have never seen at the at our events before because mm-hmm. they were not necessarily traveling out, out of the region as well. But yeah. there are some very smart, smart brains uh, on the yeah. agenda and you can definitely look forward to them. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I was looking at it today, actually, in preparation for our conversation and certainly the opening presentation, Loyalty in Latin America. I'm dying to see exactly what uh, what the guys are talking about there. And yes, even again, unexpected ones. For example, there's a wonderful case study I know from Vietnam. Um, and yeah, there's just so much happening. DOTS also a, a massive program in Brazil, coalition with 50 million members uh, who've been mm. on our show recently as well. So incredible content and lineup. So plenty to to listen and learn. And then tell us about the awards, Ravindra. I know you're very proud of the awards that you, you know, think through and set up. And I know there's some changes this year. So tell us about the Golden Loyalty Awards. Yes, uh, I'm coming to that in a second. So first of all, well, thanks to you uh, as well, Paula, here officially because the, the introduction to dots came from you. So, <laughs> so that's that's also I think a nice example how the industry works together because uh, because yeah. we all we all a family. Uh, you, people always said at our conference we are family, and uh, and I think that's very important. Yeah. We learn from each other. We we get connections from each other. Yeah. Uh, we get introductions from each other, and that's that's something obviously very important from a networking perspective uh, at this uh, at this event as well. And uh, just before talking to you about the awards um so we're also very proud um on on monday morning traditionally we start with the with the social activities yeah uh, so it is while well, we have the keynote presentation which you just mentioned from 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 latam and then we're going to the social activities on um on on, on the rest of the afternoon so we're having this year again some typically brazilian themed uh, social activities which we designed so yeah. if you if, if you think about brazil uh what are the first things which come to your mind paula uh, oh Oh, samba dancers and cocktails and, and Copacabana. 
My goodness. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think I think you're there. But if you if you if you were a guy, you may have added uh, football, of course, to selection, and and yes. then you're there. So we're taking our people to exactly these three things. So we have we have a summer school. We take him to the well to the biggest stadium in uh, in in Brazil, wow. um, where where they're playing on the field. Yeah, and then we take them to some uh, some cooking class where they prepare some caipirinha and stuff like that. So wow. I, I think this no, all this has nothing to do with loyalty as such, but it helps to build these connections uh, in in a relaxed atmosphere. Yeah, and uh, and it, it and it is just working. So um, I, I think that's a very important part um, from a from a from a content perspective. Yeah, we really want we really want to to bring this industry together from a content perspective, but also from a networking. perspective perspective and and as part of that and i'll make the transition um the awards i think are very important uh, element in that part as well so what are the awards the awards are first of all um, a self-nomination process for anybody operating a program. We have four different categories. I'm coming to coming to them in a second. Mm. We're having four different categories. Everybody can nominate by early August and will be automatically entered into into the selection process. Mm-hmm. It is a very um, it is a very nice manner actually to showcase what's going on in the industry, and it's a very interesting learning, obviously, for the industry as well to demonstrate uh, to demonstrate uh, just. To, just to showcase yeah. what you guys are working on, because a lot of things um, they were they happen in the background. They're not visible to customers. They yeah. are not visible, at least not in first place, and they're even not visible to the industry as such. Mm. And these awards are really the opportunity to bring forward what you're doing. Because I think as a program manager, it's also very important to recognize the hard work of your of your team. Yeah. They're working yeah. all year long on a lot of things, and sometimes, especially in bigger companies. People they wonder within the team, what am I doing here? What am I contributing? And I think people need to see: yes, I'm contributing something to yeah. the big picture. Big picture. What is the big picture? Profit of my company. Yeah. But but you know, if you work on some on some partnership on some technical issues of some partnership, you may lose this 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 complete side. But it works towards that. And I think it's very important for the for the teams to be recognized by by nominating at least in this uh, in these awards. Obviously, not everybody can win, but yeah. the nominations are the first step. Yeah. So. We're having those four uh, categories for the program operators, four different categories. Um, everybody can nominate in each category once. So we have a category which is uh, which is uh, marketing marketing campaigns. So anything anything which 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 relates to marketing. The condition is. Uh, nominations need to be based on an on a, on activity which took place over the over the past twelve months. So you cannot not nominate with some uh, with something you you introduced ten years ago and which is m- m- might still be working. But yeah. you need to nominate with something you have introduced this year and where you can already demonstrate some first results. So this is something very important. And when you say this year, Ravindra, just to clarify, is that in the 2022 calendar year or the previous 12 months? What's your definition of recently introduced in a year? Well, uh, honestly, we have some flexibility, but it is basically the, the, the last 12 months since last the event. So, the, okay. so the, yeah. the nominations close in early August. So basically anything which you've done since summer 22 would, would qualify. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I think it's but what is very important that you can really demonstrate um, the impact of your uh, of your innovation. Yeah. Um, so it's not only so we don't need any press statement uh, again because we are about content. We are not about uh, only marketing and and high level information. We really w- 
want to go to the basics. Yeah. So we need we need to have some some real proof that the things are working and meaning that they're relevant, uh, potentially relevant to others as well. Okay. So we have. As I mentioned, the first campaign, best marketing campaign. Then we're having the second category, which is best use of technology. So okay. anything you've done on the technology side, which helps, again, yeah. to drive customer loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, there are obviously a lot of things which are which are possible there. Yeah. We have best loyalty partnerships. Partnerships are super important, of course, uh, until now. Yeah. Um, it is a very old element in programs, but we see uh, we see new partnerships coming up uh, on a, on a weekly basis, and some of them may go a bit further than traditional partnerships, and that's exactly what what we want to hear about. So, yeah. why did you do these partnerships? What uh, what are the expectations? How did you do it? And mm. what are the first results? Mm-hmm. And last but not least, excellence in, in management. So, this everything related to well to any efforts you did, you did at the management level from redesigning yeah. programs to to anything else which requires a, a specific management efforts. So. I think we have a lot of programs. They deserve at least uh, to nominate at least in one category. And sometimes, if I see some some announcements on LinkedIn, etc., uh, I actually I, I I drop a note to the program manager and say, "Hey, this would be a good a good thing to nominate because I I, I think yeah." Uh, I think no this question. could be relevant. Yeah. 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 And, um, but again, there are a lot of things I don't see. So, so don't wait for me to, to come to you and, uh, and motivate you to uh, encourage you to nominate because yeah. a lot of things I don't see myself either. So think really, and, and now you have, you still have time until uh, early August. So I think it's a good uh, timing to start yeah. to think about that. What have you done particularly in this year and what would deserve some industry recognition? Ideally with the award, but at least with the nomination and, uh, and maybe being shortlisted at the event and yeah. getting corresponding mentioning mentioning at the event, which yeah. is obviously very important for the uh, for the motivation of the of the team, as I mentioned before. Yeah, and what I love about the way you do it as well, Ravindra. Again, in terms of your agenda, and this is something that that I, I see not happening elsewhere. You always have your panel discussion with the winners literally the morning after the awards are announced. So the people who have actually won get the night to celebrate and recognize and let the good news sink in. And I remember Derek Whitworth, for example, calling the team back in Canada to share the amazing news. Literally immediately he heard that they'd won. But then the next day we get the the panel discussion as to why. So that's a piece I think is super unique for you guys. Yes, absolutely. And maybe one thing you're even not aware of, Paula, but uh, but again, uh, unlike other awards, we do not inform anybody up front. Oh, so, okay. So the winners, they really discover it on, uh, on site themselves. Wow. So, so we, we, we just have, I mean, the one condi- because of that, we have the one condition, if you nominate, you need to attend the, uh, the event, but which is obviously not, not a major restriction. And then we're yeah. saying, if, if you win, Obviously, you will hear it during the gala dinner on Tuesday night, and then Monday morning, uh, you will be sitting on the panel and talk uh, in more details about what you really did. So, people—that's all yeah. the panel discussion we can prepare because obviously we know who's who's going to win, but we are not informing those winners. <laughs> so it's really very spontaneous, but uh, but it's yeah. always very very uh, very insightful because people are really talking openly at our event, what yeah. they're doing and and how they did they did it, etc. So, so yes, it's not only about the high level award giving out the award. Um, and and basically the winners are not surprised because they knew it before. You see it if we announce it. You always have one table jumping up uh, because uh, it, it's where the winners is sitting and everybody's happy about them. And yeah. they really they really they didn't know it before. And that's always 
something which is very yeah. uh, very nice from the emotional perspective as well for the for, for the winners. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you have one extra new award this year. So tell us about yes. that one. Yeah. So then, but well, we have one new award, and we have the, the the well, one old award. So the the other award category is reserved for suppliers. Oh, so again, we yeah. have one award for suppliers, which is open to all sponsors at the event. Um, and and again, I mean, we have a lot of discussions with suppliers um, because they're used to that from other events. We want to be on the agenda. We say mm. no. With yeah. one exception. The one exception is you're nominated for the awards, again, with some innovation you did within your company, within your solution uh, over the last uh, 12 months. Okay. And the three shortlisted, the three shortlisted uh, suppliers, they will be invited on stage as part of the main agenda and mm. explain in the eight minute pitch what they did, uh, what they did with that nomination. So this gives them a perfect exposure okay. uh, to, to uh, uh, well, to really for, for the best, for the, for the most innovative suppliers. So yeah. we, you don't need to spend $50,000 to get on the agenda with us. You need to be innovative. And that's what we always saying to, to, to suppliers. If you say, well, we want to be an agenda, we say, well, certainly you are one of the most uh, innovative one. So there yeah. is a fair chance you you participate in the awards and you get on on, on the agenda and yeah. you have a really showcase. And this is relevant. I think this is relevant for the audience because we're really talking about the top three innovations in the industry. Yeah. And they're not making a sales pitch, but they're really they talk about what they're doing, and that's the most, um, the most uh, I think the most relevant part. And you may remember last year mm. we had two smaller co companies there. We had one 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 traditional supplier and and two smaller companies, which usually would not otherwise make a figure on the agenda. And this was super relevant for the uh, for the audience. So yeah. it, it it's not um, money can't buy you an agenda slot, but innovation can. Mm. So this is the fifth category open. For supplies and then we have this here uh, indeed the new category um which we are which we're introducing which is a, a, a lifetime achievement award mm -hmm. so the the first five awards they obviously they, they go to companies and the, the, this new award goes to personalities so we're looking for a personality which has really contributed uh, a lot of things to the industry um, and a G and deserves such a recognition at a personal level. So I think in about ten years, if you stick to a business, Paula, you will be one of the nominees. <laughs> Yay! Um, but, yeah. but after four years in the business uh, lifetime, it's a bit too early for you. If somebody sure. wants to nominate you, please go ahead. Uh, I have no problems with that. Oh, but the, thank you. But the idea, the idea is yeah. really just to to recognize. I mean, the the long term contribution to the industry. Yeah. You you might be a program manager. You might be somebody else. You might be a consultant or somebody else it doesn't really matter yeah. but you should have done something to to shape the industry to contribute really to the to the state of the industry as it is today so again did um this is not a self-nomination process so basically everybody can nominate who whoever they think uh would deserve something like that yeah and and we, we will take it from there so so we we will see then obviously that we that we try to get this this person to uh, to the event yeah. um it's the first time that we're doing that so we're trying that a little bit but uh, but i think there is a potential really for not only recognizing companies but uh but i mean i, I can think myself of a couple of personalities who would deserve such an award because Sure. Uh, they really uh, dedicated 10, 20, 30 years of their careers yeah. uh, to this industry. And this is obviously something uh, which should uh, which should deserve some recognition as well, in my in my understanding.
Yeah. And I was just thinking, because you've been running Global Flight, of course, for I think 27 years now. So you are, you know, a witness, of course, to people who have dedicated their careers like you to to loyalty. So you'll know those personalities. And and yeah, goodness, I'll be super excited, as will they. I'm sure I'll be dying to see who wins that that one, especially in its first year. So tell us, how do we nominate people, Ravindra? And I think you said people can nominate themselves as well. So I'm guessing it's all on loyaltyandawards.com. Yeah. Uh, Correct. Uh, if you go to loyaltyandawards.com, you, you have an award section, uh, Golden Loyalty Awards, where you find all the information uh, about all the, all the nominations. And uh, yeah, nomination process is, is straightforward. Yeah. So so again, I mean, the four categories for airlines and partners or hotel programs are other program operators. Yeah. Uh, they are open to, well, to anybody with the with, with the small condition uh, you, you, you need to attend the event. Yeah. So uh, the supply categories are open to all sponsors of the event. And uh, and the lifetime category is open to anybody, mm. and um, and we will afterwards. Uh, well, I try to make sure that the, that the person is in, is in attendance. But yeah. uh, but the last category again, you you can nominate yourself. You can nominate anybody else who yeah. thinks deserves this award. Yeah. And uh, so it's may, maybe not that fully structured. Next year might be a bit uh, different. We're just seeing how it goes this year, and yeah. we will take it from there. But Amazing. it's it's, it's yeah. an easy. It's an easy process, but don't leave it to the last minute because yeah. obviously you need to support, uh, you need to provide some supporting material and stuff like that to make it as compelling uh, yeah. as possible for the for the judges because yeah. we have uh, we have two judges, uh, I mean uh, two panels of judges for the for the different awards, mm. and uh, the more compelling your your nomination is, obviously the better your chances are that you that you are shortlisted or or even win the award and go back yeah. to the last trophy from the event. Ooh, super exciting. My goodness. Wow. I am so looking forward to it, Ravindra. I mean, I've been working with you now. Um, it's the third year, I guess. Um, second year in, in a fully, I guess, uh, partnership way. Um, and just from my perspective, you know, if anybody listening hasn't been aware of Loyalty and Awards, to me, I want to be aligned with the best in the industry. Um, I, I so admire, you know, the content, the structure and the quality of attendance. So the people that attend your conference, Ravindra, really are, you know, leading their programs and I love talking with them. So I've always had this idea since I started back running programs, actually not in travel at all, but I always had this feeling that loyalty was quite a lonely business because I was always the only person in the organization who really understood the depth and complexity, of course, of what I was trying to achieve with the program. So it's uh, it's incredibly exciting to get together with other professionals and again, just kind of swap notes and share. So, so listen, that's all from my side, Ravindra, are there any other points that you think uh, the audience need to be aware of? I guess we should recap the the dates. We've said it's in Rio de Janeiro, so I have never been to Brazil or anywhere in South America. So it's already a, a life highlight. I'm hoping my beloved husband can come with me um, and again, extend our stay. So that's certainly my plan. So um, yeah, any other final points you want to mention before we wrap up? So, well, just the date, so 9th to 11th of October, but I, I think for you, it should be 5th to 15th of October, something like that. Totally. And uh, no, I just want to use the opportunity again, well, to thank you, Paula, for the for the partnership. And, uh, and well, you mentioned Dubai 21, and I think 
uh, we got together in, in, in the right moment because you must have been impressed that in 21 we were running a live event. Yeah. Uh, one of the very few live events which took place in the, in the industry at all. And uh, yes, even in 21, in these difficult conditions, we managed to bring together a, a good crowd. And, and I think this must have impressed you very much. And, uh, totally. and now we will be much bigger, obviously, in, 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 in Rio. But, uh, but yes, yeah. no, we appreciate the support. And uh, as we said, you are part of the family now and we look forward to working with you for this real event and, uh, and beyond, uh, beyond hopefully that we're extending that cooperation. So thank you very much for your support. No problem at all. And of course, we'll make sure to link both to you personally and of course to the event itself in the show notes for this episode. And if anybody needs to reach out, of course, to me uh, to be connected with Ravindra, that's certainly no problem. So with all of that said, I am certainly going to go and start thinking about actually organizing my flights now because uh, I have my hotel all sorted in the Fairmont. So again, all credit to booking a spectacular hotel and uh, really looking forward to that. So with all of that said, Ravindra Bhagwanani, Managing Director at Global Flight. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. My pleasure. Thank you, Paula. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which is already certified over 500 executives in 38 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.